Let's Be Real podcast, the podcast where we're not afraid to have difficult conversations and we like to keep it real. I'm joined today by the mayor, Javier Hoven. Thank you for coming on. And thank you for having me, guys. I really, uh, I'm glad to be here. Thank, thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule because I know you have a lot going on right now. And we're good. You know, the thing is, it's a, I make the time to be able to, when people want to talk and give me an invitation, I, mean, I, I will definitely always say yes. That's awesome. That's, yeah, that's awesome. good to hear. That, that, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So you're born and raised from Odessa, Texas, right? Man, you know, Southside. Southside? Yeah, Pudo Southside. So you die? <laughs> yeah, Southside, man, Fall Street, 1204. Uh, there you go. So you, you know you're from Odessa because you identify <laughs> by the street name. Yeah. <laughs> you were part of the segregation program. You were telling me uh, with Odessa High, right? Or how did that happen? Yeah, basically uh, went to uh, Zavala Elementary, a couple of blocks down from uh, from Fall Street, you know, west on uh, Clements, and then uh, went to uh, Bonham uh, Junior High because uh, my baseball coach wanted me to go to Perman to play baseball. And so seventh and eighth grade, I went to uh, uh, Bonham, Bonham uh, Junior High. and But I always knew I wanted to be an actor because I wanted to play baseball, but I really wanted to be on that drill team, that Blue Cadets. It's mm -hmm. a precision blue tr uh, uh, drill team, and I really wanted to be a part of it. I, and, and I knew that's why I was going to go to Hector. Went to Hector. 1980 was my freshman year. 1982 was my junior year, and that's when Hector ceased to be a high school. Uh, desegregation had come in. They split the town right in half, and everybody from the west of down the middle of Odessa we would be Grant Street, but OHS, everybody on the east side, permanent. And so wound up going to OHS and uh, and graduating. I was walking down the halls of OHS in my junior ROTC pro, uh, uniform. Beautiful. But I had my letter jacket, the lector. And so <laughs> school ringing total. And hey, I was walking around and I was uh, sporting my uh, my blue and white proudly. The nice. king of the road, como dicen. Yep. I researched this. You're actually a sous chef. Yes. And I've a pastry actually, chef, right? Yes. I, I, I can uh, pastry chef, sous chef. I can uh, yeah, uh, saute, awesome. cook, bake, uh, ice carving. I'm, I haven't touched a, a chainsaw in a long, long time. Oh, yeah. But, you know, that's how I put myself to school mm -hmm. and did that for seven years and realized that uh, being a paralegal didn't pay, but being a chef did. Sir, watch yeah, out, so. Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, so, <laughs> no, yeah. I, I, I really don't. Yeah, I, I, you know, I being a chef is stressful enough, and and having somebody screaming at you. I actually grew oh, up. Yeah. I grew up in that environment. I grew up in that type of kitchen. There was a guy from Chicago that uh, that uh, was the same way. And you know, we worked. Oh, hours. I, I yeah. We would work eighty hours a week. Yeah, it gets old fast. So, uh, you know, seven years of that working every weekend, every holiday, just finally got to the point where I didn't want to do it. And so the only time I actually really cook or bake would be around Thanksgiving. I, I, I handle the whole thing. Do you really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's real easy. And I was going to ask you, do you still get in the kitchen now? But you just answered Thanksgiving, yeah, right? I, you know, if I want to knock out a, you know, a quick Javier uh, McMuffin, not a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We're going to have to. But, but Thanksgiving <laughs> is definitely what I like to do. Perfect. Yeah. Have to do the cooking what, what the, show. <laughs> how did you get into the chef thing, the whole cooking thing? Well, you know, me and my wife uh, wind up uh, running away at 16, got married at 18, and so I had to find a way to support us. So uh, while I was going to school, I was a busboy waiter and uh, at the end of the Golden West. And so it's Lincoln Tower now, but it was a hotel. Oh, okay. And okay. so from there, I wind up going to, uh, I don't, it's Seluenza, I think it's called now, but in those days, it was called Barnaby's. And so I'd go to school, get there about 7 o'clock in the morning, uh, get out about 10, 11 o'clock, and I'd be at work. And that's where I worked. You know, school days, I was a busboy. And then in the afternoons, they put me in the kitchen. And so 
uh, upon graduation, I started working there and started working as a short order cook and uh, took off from doing that. And uh, me and my wife wind up renting one of the houses of the owner. And so uh, Mission Dorado was going to be opening up when it applied, got a job. And there I started learning one aspect of another, you know, short order cook and then breakfast, then lunch and then salads. And before you wind up knowing, uh, got a got a chainsaw and they said, hey, well, here's a block. And I took my artistic uh, skills and, you know, learned, read and uh, started taking off and then had opportunities to go out in the country nice. uh, and uh, and learned out in the, in the road in country club hotels and things of that nature. And we spent seven years doing that. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's awesome. awesome. You even went to New York, right? I was, yeah, I was down in Staten Island. And nice, then, man. wow, you really did some research, man. Yeah, I did. Yeah. And so, yeah, Ashley was down there and uh, and worked for a company out of Florida. And then we eventually settled back in San Antonio, worked for the Holiday Incorporation. And then I had enough. And so I worked in a lot of private clubs, country clubs, uh, petroleum clubs. I mean, just it's just a, I, I can't even remember them all. There's so many. You don't stick around in a lot of places because you become stagnant. So in order to to continue to develop you got to move around and so gotcha. know, one opportunity goes into another you move you go and go and you go adapt and, go. and survive yes you got to you know you've got to stay ahead of the trend now i'm so far behind the trend man you can't even see me i, don't I know was what actually gonna now. applaud you for that because a lot of people you know uh what's a nice way to put this that are experienced mm -hmm. um they usually don't don't want to keep learning Oh, no, there comes yeah, a point yeah. where people stop learning. You know yeah. what I mean? You have to keep learning. You have to keep developing. You got to keep moving forward. That's what keeps you young. You so know, that's I'm, refreshing. I'm, I'm yeah. 56 years old. And, and, uh, you know, now I'm not only a hoven by name, but I'm 56 there you go. I like that. I like, that's a new slow campaign slogan or what? Next? Uh, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> there you go. That's the, okay. So you did that. And uh, quick question. Who mm -hmm. is your favorite chef, by the way? Curious. You know, I, I don't know if I ever developed, you know, uh, uh, a favorite. Uh, what I did is uh, there are certain foods that I do love. Okay. What I, I really, really like is Italian food. Okay. You know, uh -huh. man, it's just, there's something about Italian food. Uh, egg parmesan is one of my favorites. And so uh, chicken masala is really something I enjoy. Um, and you know how to cook all that? Not as much anymore. I, I, I definitely would have to go back to recipe, you know, because okay. I haven't done that in, in such a long time. I, I, I eat it better than I make it. That's for sure. <laughs> I hear you on that one. Oh, I yeah. hear you on that one. So another fun fact about you, you actually went skydiving. Oh, was man. it last year? Uh, no, just uh, just here in November was the last one. Uh, You've done my... it several times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Oh, sweet. Oh, man, I love it. Dang, love yeah, it. that's I awesome. Yeah. You jumping solo or are you still doing tandem? No, no, they're still doing tandem. I still got to get up to eight. Once I okay. do that, okay. then I got to take a class and get some certification. And, and that's what I'm working up to is where I do that solo. Okay. You know, so, yeah. And that would be a ne the, the next thrill. That's what I'm yeah, working for. I've always because... wanted to do that. Oh, let me, you got to do it. Is there a place here locally? I wouldn't do it here locally. But <laughs> I'd, I'd go to Dallas, go to San Marcos. Yeah, I've and, been wanting uh, to go try that. Like, yeah, man, but you definitely, in fact, we'll be back. Uh, my son's getting married um, uh, March 12th. We'll Congrats. be back in Vegas. Nice. And uh, so we're probably, uh, in fact, uh, one of the guys we had dinner last night, he goes, hey, I'm jumping with you guys. I said, all right, I guess I didn't know we were jumping. I guess we're jumping again. So we'll be back in March, man. We'll be doing that jump again. We'll post some videos. Y'all can count me awesome. out. My big dudes in heights don't do well. So I'm probably going to just know, watch it, you guys. It, Let me tell you, it's a graceful fall, man. No te pases oh, el yeah. piso. No, they have a... It's a sun... The, the heights and the falling ain't going to... Won't, won't, won't hurt at all. It's that sudden stop. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah, yeah. But no te pases el piso, that's a good thing. 
<laughs> so you actually held several positions uh, in boards like uh, United Way, and what other boards do you hold the seat in? Well, uh, I've served in several uh, Project Blueprint, uh, United Way, um, and uh, I mean, I, was, there was a lot. There was a well, lot that and, and currently, I've uh, I was the first Mexicano to be appointed as co-chair for the Ector County Republican Party. I was going to bring that up, and uh, and I'm currently right now the first Mexicano ever to be a polit- uh, precinct chair in 204 in the Republican Party. I am the youngest, uh, uh, second youngest uh, city councilman to ever be elected to the city council, first Mexicano, and the youngest Mexicano to ever be elected to the uh, Odessa City Council back in 1995 at the age of 29. Uh, ran for two terms, and then uh, the first Mexicano to ever be uh, elected as mayor of the city of Odessa. Yep, that's and right. so, so it's one of the major, major metro. And the thing is, is you're not you, you don't do that alone. You know, it's a community that, go, that that that's, that looks beyond uh, the exterior and says, "Hey, you know what? This, this guy is not trying to tell us how to think. He thinks just like us." That's good. And so, and that's, that's one of the things that when people can relate to that, he goes, "You know, I'm not trying to get you to think my way. I think just like you." And sure. what you're going through, I'm going through. And what frustrates you, frustrates me. And what makes me happy, and, and what I applaud, is the same things you do. So, in the, and so that's what you got to be able to articulate to people. And you got to be able to do it in whatever language that you can relate to it, whether it's Tex-Mex, Mexicano, uh, English, Tejano, or Texan, whatever it is, man, you just got to get that message across out there. So tell me that transition from... Uh you know, the kind of chef world to politics, how did that happen? What drew you into getting into the political realm? Well, we're all, we're all political. We're all in, 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 in the political environment. You know, it's, it's just looking at your family, you know, it's political. Oh, yeah. If you're in a big family, it's more political because what you're doing is you're trying to fight for yours and you're trying to establish yourself and you're trying to establish your, uh, your, uh, your identity. If you're in a relationship, whether it's, uh, you're cohabitating, you're married, you're political. You know, the thing is, is that you, you, you look at your, at your, definitely at your household, you have uh, uh, a P&L statement. So you have, you need more money coming in than it's going out and you make conservative decisions not to indebt yourself so far that you can, uh, you can't, it's unsustainable to be able to keep what's necessary. And that's a roof over your head, the essentials of water and, and, and water and electricity and things of that nature. And then you just got to start making decisions on what is a need and what is a want. And so the thing is, is that you're already in that. So I was always that. What inspired me when I was real young and watching those uh, films in the, in the escuela, you know, in, in, in the, and you had to reel to reel. And so you would see these films, whether it was Martin Luther King, John F. Kennedy, or whatever it was, I would see how people were inspired. And uh, one of the things I never want to do and I don't do is I don't people worship. Oh, yeah. But the thing is, is that people were seeking help. And I and I and I like the activism. My dad and, and my family, my 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 abuelito in Covida, and that's where my mom's from. And so they sat around always to the, the table in Acuna when we go out there and they talk politics and I would listen. And so my dad would talk, would talk politics. My mm-hmm. mom would. My fa- my my grandfather era in a municipal uh, municipal in in, in Acuna. Mm-hmm. My uncle would talk about it, and so we grew up in that environment. And so I knew it was something I wanted to do. 
the only thing is I needed to figure out the mechanism of how to do it. Right. And so one day, you know, twenty nine I was twenty nine, God tapped me on the shoulder and said, It's time for you to run. And I knew it. I knew it as definitive that of what I needed to do. We executed the plan. And so it was my mom, my dad and me. And uh I went in uh borrowed and asked for an in-kind donation from San Gonzalez, the, uh, the uh, me, uh, Manuel's uh, Mexican restaurant there on 2nd Street. Mm -hmm. So me daro, me, my uncle worked there. Oh, and so me okay. dio arroz and frijoles. And so we made enchilada plates, plates. and we raised $1,200. Nice. So nice. then I would go back in the supermarkets and I grabbed cardboards and I make stencils and I make my own signs. And then I, I borrowed signs, uh, frames, and I put them up. Then I just spray painted them. You didn't, you, they didn't have all this disclaimer Fancy, right away. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah, and so I print. put them up and then, man, my dad, my mom would drive the, the van and me and dad walked uh, block to block and throw us to district five. And we knocked on 5,000, 5,000 doors. And so, and, and, and less than 200 people voted and we got 56% of it. And I was 29 years old, man. and got on the council and that launched my career in politics. That's awesome. And I haven't looked back. That's good. That's good. And one of my major accomplishments was I had all the uh, the topless bars shut down. Did you really? Yep, yep. That was me. When did you really? When did you go into office? Then when was 1995, it? 1995, May, May of '95. Okay. Yeah, and went through to '99, two terms. Those times you had to run every uh, every every two years, so you're always running. And oh, so, I see. I see. But and and. That was the other one, and the other one was economic development. What we're seeing today in sales tax, it still exists, and, that's, and that was the one that uh, we got started. It was the genesis and created it, so I know all about it. And so it's launched my career to be in politics, and I've been in one way or another involved for 30 years. So it's been a good long road, man, and we're not done yet. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it's awesome. I <clears throat> I was looking into getting into politics without knowing much, but I know I had a calling, and I feel the same way that you felt that that calling. And I, I would say, when God puts a plan in your head, He'll put the right people in your position to help he, you get yeah, there. Definitely will. You know, it it, it, it He has uh, does it to me. Still does it. And so, and then this is a divine meeting right here, brother. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Yeah. There's this is not coincidence that I just reached out to you randomly. No, and ask you to come. Not on. at all. And the thing is, is that I, I didn't hesitate. I said yes. <laughs> Absolutely. And I didn't even uh, research the uh, the content of the uh, of the show. <laughs> oh, we talk a lot about topless bars. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. We don't. We don't. No, our our, our uh, content is based around relationships. But I want to start it branching out and getting more into you know kind of politics. But I want to have discussions with people. I want to open up a platform where no one gets offended. Yeah, and we could just have a conversation. And yeah. I'm gonna tell you one thing: owners. that Jesus was political, and uh, he, uh, him, and uh, him and twelve others uh, turned the world upside down. Absolutely, and uh, and he shook it up. Amen. So it's okay. You've always been very uh, spiritual. I will tell you, you know, my you go to faith. Kingdom my, church, my, right? Yeah, I go to Kingdom Church with uh, uh, Pastor uh, Joshua Zuniga, and. Uh, my uh, my faith is uh, rooted in me by my mom, and I, and I'll tell you, and and maybe some have most, most people haven't heard this story. So I lost my mom, and and uh, uh, I'm sorry to hear that. And uh, no, I, thank you very much. It was uh, June, uh, uh, August twentieth of uh, twenty twenty. Oh, sorry to hear that. And so uh, my mom was uh, eighty seven. Uh, my parents have been married for sixty seven years, and so my mom really rooted me in in, in faith. You know. 
my uh, Bible study would be sitting on her lap, uh, her lap, and she'd show me her Bible, and I'd point to the pictures, and she'd tell me the stories. Hmm. And so um, then it went on, I went on my journey after going through catechism and all, doing all your sacraments, and I went looking for my faith. I went to see what spoke to me. So um, 1998, August 16th, at the grotto on Oblate in San Antonio is when I fell down to my knees and accepted Jesus Christ as, uh, as my Savior. And so uh, I joined a Mennonite church in a Catholic church in St. Mary's down in San Antonio, ran a mission down in St. Paul Square, uh, wow. and I was the uh, the head uh, chef there and the manager. Oh, wow. And it was a nice. mission that basically is whatever community we made profit, we would donate it to organizations that were not sustained by any type of government funding. So did that for some years and then, you know, and you're in and out of the world and stuff, you know, things that nature raised our kids. And so um, when losing my mom, you know, one of the stories that really come to mind because uh, I had been, uh, I had, I had overcome diabetes and Monday, actually, I've been concluded a three year fight with prostate cancer. Hey, congratulations. Oh, yes. So, awesome. yeah, well, thank you. I appreciate Bless. it. So, and so what happened awesome. is that I was stage four, three, oh, you know, three years ago. And Monday I was given my blood work where I am complete remission. So I've wow. overcome that. Man. And so when I lost my mom, I was always afraid of death. Watching her pass, watching her actually take that last breath as I sat there mm. and watched. She was the last lesson of me not to be afraid because death is just as part of much as life. Amen. My mom was, uh, like I said, is from Ciudad de Cunha, married my dad, and be uh, and was a resident. In 1997, after she had helped me in 95 on my campaign, she realized that she had a son in politics. It was uh, it was on a city council, and she, she couldn't participate. So she made a conscious effort to become a citizen, uh, helped her study, took her down to El Paso. Uh, she took the test, passed, took her to get the swearing-in ceremony. That's awesome. And then she became a citizen. So the first time as an American, she casted her vote. She casted in my reelection for city <laughs> council in 1997 of May of 1997. And her first vote was for, for her, her son. son. Yeah. Man. That's and awesome. That right there is an American story. Yes, Absolutely. Sir. And so if that doesn't inspire it to be involved, yes. man, I don't know what does. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's, that's an awesome story. Thank you for sharing oh, that no, with most us. Definitely. definitely. Um, that, that's that's awesome the support that you had. And then uh, I wanted to ask you, I know we, we talked about it. Also, quick side note, how much time do I have with you, by the way? Man, whatever you need, brother. Okay, awesome. Thank yeah. you. Thank My wife's sitting at uh, home with a, with sinus pressure, so there's no pressure to do dinner, and I got nothing else after Okay, this. sweet. We just want to make sure no, the boss good. lady's not you're mad at us yeah. or anything. Oh, no, man. No, she's out. Step on the she's out, man. She's, she's hyped up on a bunch of Zerte. Okay. <laughs> All right. No, but hopefully she gets better. Este, so let's talk about um, what was the hardest. Let's start, let's start with your political career. What okay. was the hardest thing that you faced, or a lesson that you learned mm. during this whole political run? Well, right off the bat, um, the very night that I got sworn in, and that was, uh, I would say, late May or June of '95. And so what I was not prepared is that as soon as you got sworn in, you went up to the dais. That's where you sat with the rest of the, with the mayor and the rest of the council and the county attorney, city secretary, and the uh, city manager. And we dove in right into the agenda. You know, 
Agenda was there. Motion. Second. Boom. There was no transition. There was no study. You went straight to work. You swore in. You stood up, and you were you were, you were doing it. Dive in head first. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. And what happened on that meeting is there was a a proposal. It was a motion in the second, and it was unanimous. And I voted unanimous to privatize the uh, the landfill. Okay. Yeah. And so basically, it's a money maker for the city. And so we privatize it because basically is it was too expensive to make it bigger and or and then and I, and I still recall this it was about it was too expensive to uh, replace the equipment and that thing was making money hand over fist you know you go out here now and you try to go uh, to to the private landfill and it is a buttload of money oh yeah they're yeah. not losing money no way you you know, you the out. thing is is that you know how you know you know who's in waste management and if there's <laughs> no money to be made they wouldn't be yeah. in it right yes, you, know, you know so uh, that right there is uh, one of the big lessons is that I wasn't prepared. And I think I got my butt handed to me and my head mm-hmm. was on the swivel. And I swore from that day forward that I'd be prepared. I'd be well read. And that was a huge mistake I've made. I've owned up to it. And I think it was the worst thing that we as a city has done because we've contributed to this private industry out here that's uh, the, in the landfill with high uh, tipping fees. And not only that, it's because it's so high that people can't afford those. That's why we have all the illegal dumping that's going on and the trash. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's contributed okay. to because the thing is, is that you it's know, too expensive. it's just too expensive. It's, it really it's just is. uncontrollable, yeah. unsustainable. Do you have a solution? We're that? trying to work on that. I've actually uh, had spoken with some businessmen out of uh, Mexico, uh, okay. Ojinaga. They're saying they're getting into the uh, trash business. It's, it's trying to work out some uh, familiarity with them. Uh, I don't know. They 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 say they can take all our trash to Mexico on a train. But the thing is, is that it is so regulated here. Is that okay? So how do I take it from our pickup from the the, the dumpsters and put it in our in, in our truck and then lay it on the ground, then pick it up, put it on a on an open uh, uh, rail car, yeah. and then take it down to Ojinaga because uh, you know the 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 transfer is what's regulated. You know, the thing is, Absolutely. you know, this thing is heavily rigged. So how do we do that? So one of the the the, the testers that we may look into, and I've spoken to the city manager, we've gone back and forth, but it, basically we have to create this relationship with the people from Mexico because I don't know these guys and they don't know me. Do you think it's a very cost effective maneuver? We're gonna we're we're gonna find out because one of the things is and I, and I'm not a big fan of recycling for the reason is there's no money recycling. Nobody recycles, no country recycles. This farce about it being recycled is a farce. Yeah, it's a joke. And so, but the thing is, is what we do know is that the money maker is in the in the rental of the cubicle that where you put it. That's oh, where the money is at. Yeah. Because whether you recycled or not, man, you're getting it's charged still, for that. Mm-hmm. And so that right there is 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 the racket. So the thing is, is that those recyclables are going into the landfill, and we're paying those tipping fees, which may, it contributes to the cost of what you're getting per month. So if we're able to work out where we can uh, give uh, them take that then we may be in business because we could pass on those savings to the citizens. The mm-hmm. problem here, it is such in its infancy that they want me to help them find more customers along the I-20 corridor. That well, that's not my job. Right. All I'm worried about Odessa. Correct. You know, so it's not my job to go find them, them more, uh, more customers. I can, if I, if I wish to, but if, if that's the case, 
then how is Odessa's going to benefit from it well, ultimately? Yeah, because basically I want some discounts for my for citizens. So we'll see, you know, but it is some, it's really in its infancy. But we're always looking, always looking for uh, for opportunities to be able to save money for the citizens. Yeah, that's good to And hear. so let me tell you, yeah, and so, you know, lesson learned was be prepared. If you're going to get into something, you better you better know what you're getting into. You need to be prepared. You need to be well ready, and you need to know uh, you need to know uh, beforehand uh, the answers to the questions are going to be asked. You know, I once heard um, I, you hear people throw out, "Oh, he got lucky," or "Oh, that's luck," but I think uh, luck is preparation meets opportunity. Absolutely. Yes, sir. So Absolutely. You, yeah, you learned that. And, hey, and I'm a great salesman. I guarantee. You. I've been, I've been married to uh, uh, Joanne. You know, we've been married uh, 38 consecutive years. We've been together. That's awesome. 40 I consecutive that. Years. And I will tell you, man, she is the luckiest woman alive. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you, she's figured out that I'm not that guy I sold my cell phone 40 years ago. Right. She's That's figured exactly it out. That's exactly my wife. No, <laughs> no. You know, so. You know that 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 goes to uh, my selling skills. Yeah, I had sure. a car sales manager. I did car sales in in college, and uh, my manager always said, "You can tell how good a salesman is by the way his wife looks." There you go. And there it's never go. they make a good couple. It's she looks beautiful, but they just say yeah. they make <laughs> well, a good couple. Absolutely you know? true. I'm definitely uh, uh, an example of that. Yeah, absolutely. No, see, um, I was gonna tell you what what is it what is it like and. And we don't have to get really into detail of it, but what is it like running a business and also being a mayor? Because I know you own a business, correct? You're yeah. a business owner. Yeah, it, it's uh, it uh, I wind up at some time like today. I spent more time uh, being mayor than I did in the business, and so mm. I'm always running behind on both of them. And so I have to find that quiet time to get business done. But it's always both of them are intermixed. You know, they're interlaced. Uh, one is never separated from the other. So I'm always doing one minute from another. I'm doing both. So, you know, you're you're, you're juggling. You're constantly juggling and you got to keep all that straight in your head. And so it, it but the thing is, it's something I like. I you're like passionate to do it. about it. I'm very passionate about it. I, if, if not, I wouldn't be doing it. Absolutely. My job as mayor is a volunteer position. I do not get paid for this. And so I, I put in a lot of time. And, and I think that uh, this community is definitely worth, well worth it. And that's why I do it. Well, that's also I, I actually had no idea that you didn't get paid to be a mayor. So. No, it, it this, Well you do get paid, but you didn't accept it. This this no no no, there is no pay. You know, you to get, be mayor, there's you no get pay. Maybe twenty five dollars a meeting. Wow. Know, that that's going into account that I you know uh I've been collecting twenty five dollars so it's two meetings a month for the last twelve months. I don't even know what's in there. Wow. I haven't I haven't touched it. Wow. Yeah. So and I'm not going to. That's crazy. Uh, at one point, uh, when all this things ends, we'll 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 see who's going to get the money. So we talked about how you uh, put a stop to the topless bar yeah. stuff, right? Um, talk to me about game rooms. And, and I'm 28 years old. I don't know much about game rooms. I see them like almost every corner. Well, what the hell is a game room? Right now, it's 46. It's uh, basically uh, uh, electronic slot machines. Okay. So you know, you go in there and you hit, you put in money, you feed money. You hit, you hit, uh, uh, you know, you hit a jackpot, and then out comes a voucher. But we definitely know that uh, uh, cash payments are are are, are being uh, given. You know, I mean, and, and and the thing is, why I know is because I know people that go to it. Right, absolutely. You know, I got you know family members that are deals going to it. Yeah, yeah. I got called. You know, leave my leave my game rooms alone. I said, ma'am, you know, you're making money. I was yes, and that's why I'm doing. You know, so yeah, so that's everybody knows everything yeah, around here. Yeah, so right now, as like of 
October of last year when we we made the first go around to put it on the on the agenda, I asked the council to uh, to table it and for us to then move forward and for us to be able to try to work out with uh, the county uh, for us to be able to have some type of interlocal agreement. And so um, and so right now there are 46 game rooms within the city of Odessa or Ecta County. It's a lot. Yeah. It's, it's overwhelming. And the thing is, is that we know what is, uh, accompanies these game rooms, you know, because for the reason is that our OPD and Sheriff's Department gets called out. We know we have illicit, uh, drug use. We know we have gambling out beyond the game rooms. We know we have prostitution. We know we have, uh, drug dealing we know we have uh human trafficking and so these are all we have nuisance we have fights we have assaults and so mm -hmm. this is is become overwhelming people are tired of it no one has said to completely shut them down but they are saying control the numbers it's become right. so overwhelming and so i started working on it in um, july of last year and so uh, basically started we started researching what we wanted to do and i knew i wanted to uh, attack it from a regular regulatory standpoint because we do not have the resources and also because the way it's set up because in 2013 there was an ordinance uh that basically mirrors the city to Hector county where they there's conditions that allow them to be the way they are everybody says why can you have one one next door to it because you can have a 300 foot separation. What that means is that from one front door of one game room to the other, they can be separated by 300 feet. That's why you see them on Andrews Highway next door to each other, you see, mm -hmm. right? And then you can operate 24 hours. You can operate for oh, long wow. hours, yeah. seven days a week. Mm -hmm. And so you've noticed that all the windows are tinted or no windows are there. And there's and a have, gate sometimes too. Yes, and, and the reason why is because they're members only, and that's to be able to keep law enforcement. It's also be able to keep law enforcement looking in because you have to visualize and see a crime being committed. And so the permit process is that you go online and you can do a permit and you can apply for a permit anywhere around from any of the world because all it's all on the internet. And that's how you apply. You don't actually walk up and go to the to police the department. City or no. Yeah. Oh wow. And so the thing is, is that enforcement mm -hmm. of their violations become even so even more difficult. And so, and, and I'll even go further, you know, and I'm, I'll be really, and I'm, I'm not afraid of this. And the thing is, is that we know we have massage parlors that, that are uh, trafficking and prostitution. I know that we wind up having uh, uh, barbershops out here that are, are involved in the drug, in the drug trade. Mm -hmm. And we have people from around outside of this area that's coming in from different nationalities yep. that are cutting hair, that are doing it without license. And yep. it is a front for illicit drugs and 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 also they're, they're they're laundering money we know we know that there's money laundering in the uh, in the atms and we know we have nail salons there are also illicit gambling rings that they're oh, wow. gambling in the back and we have dog fightings we have what? horse races wow. we you know all around the world on the internet we know this is a fact and, right. the, thing, and, oh, the, yeah. and, and the thing is when people hear this this podcast they know and there's going to be people that, that they know they're going to hear it. And they're, and, and they're not going to say anything because this is the absolute truth. 
And so where do we start? Well, first, we have to start by bringing down the barriers and the roadblocks that basically do not allow in, uh, law enforcement to be able to enforce the law when these illicit uh, crimes are happening. That's the first step, is we have to pull the curtain to the side so we can start seeing it. Once it starts witnessing it, then uh, by passing a more stringent regulation, now people say, well, you can't do that. Of course we can. We definitely can. Right now, you know that if you have a vehicle, there's only certain uh, darkness of tint you can use, right? Yes. Because it's law enforcement, you got to keep them safe. Correct. You know you cannot, you know, have certain decimal levels for booming your vehicles. So, so there's regulations that we everything. have for everything. Yeah, absolutely. So this is a standard that we need to set. Correct. And so what we need to do is we need to correct what was not done in 2013, but we're going to do it in 2022. And we're going to get this today, just today. And, you know, this being, what is the, what's today? The 21st. The 21st, yes. So just today I finalized a document and, uh, and I'm not, and I don't mind reading because I think it's important and that you guys are going to be the first to hear it. Thank you for sharing that with us. Dropping bombs. And so, and it's definitely a bomb. So uh, in the last city council meeting, we as a city council have uh, going to move forward of what we want to do as far as the game rooms and how we're going to address it. So I finalized the letter and it's a little lengthy. And so, um, and so I'm going to skip over a little bit. And so it's a letter that's going out to the county judge and it's going to go out to the county commissioners, all four. It's going to go out to the DA and it's going to go out to the county attorney. It's going to be sent out to all each member of the city council and it will be sent out and made available to the public and okay. to the media. And since you're media, you're going to hear it right now. So in reference to ordinance to address game rooms in Hector County, I address uh, dear Judge Hayes, the illicit game rooms are associated with a wide variety of adverse secondary effects, including gambling, offenses of weapons, offenses, illicit drug use, drug trafficking, and negative impacts on surrounding properties. We are writing you today because we are finding several challenges with curbing the adverse secondary effects of game rooms, given the current ordinances in place both in the city of Odessa and Nectar County. After speaking with local law enforcement, numerous city staff, and local citizens, we believe there is no adequate relief in sight without a joint cooperation between the city of Odessa and Nectar County. We respectfully request Hector County Commissioner's Court to exercise its authority established under Chapter 235 of the Local Government Code to implement reasonable restrictions to regulate the operation of the game rooms to promote health, safety, and the welfare of the public. These is what we're going, we're asking for restrictions. Game rooms should not be located within 1500 feet from any existing uh, or planned school, regular place of religion, of worship, and residential neighborhood. Game rooms shall be located within a distance of 2,000 feet from where there are two or more other game rooms are located. Building restrictions, game rooms shall not use electronic lock or prevent entry during business hours. Game rooms shall have at least one 
marked fire exit for every 25 game machines in operation on the premise and must have transparent uncovered glass in each exterior game room window or door shall be unlawful for a person to cover or tint a game room window or door or otherwise block a window or door so as to obscure the view of any machine or in the interior location of the sidewalk. This is really important. The hours of operation will be from 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. Sunday through Thursday, 8 a.m. to 12 a.m. Friday through Saturday. Then it goes on what they need to keep as far as record keeping. The maximum number of machines, no game room may operate more than 40 game machines. Financial requirements is we're asking how they have to keep uh, where their money, how they're supposed to do it. So this is how we concluded. So how we concluded is this. We understand that there are more stringent regulations will require more time and resources to enforce and to which express that we are now, we are not asking you to take a step and we're not asking to take a step alone. It is the city of Odessa's intent to enter an interlocal agreement with Hector County for the cooperative administrative enforcement of game room regulations. We believe each cooperation will lead us more effective operational government function and protection of the health, safety, and welfare of this public. So as the date of this letter, which is today the 21st, there are at least 45 game rooms established within Hector County. That number continues to grow, and with each passing week, we hope that you appreciate the severity of this issue, understand that time is of the essence. We respectfully request that you respond back to this letter with the uh, intention to enter into discussion with the City of Odessa to develop a plan of action to address the issue in our community by no later than February 15th, the year 2022. Wow. And so it's signed Mayor Javier Hoven. And so if you don't get a response and the city of Odessa will go alone, we'll probably get sued. But we're going to stand firm. We're going to be the rock. And we're going to be that cornerstone. And we're going to uh, commence the road of, uh, of eliminating these things and restricting them to respectable levels that people can will accept or tolerate. And a lot of those ordinances are, are required that what you're asking the game rooms to do is going to put us a huge kind of separation in the distance and also hurdles that they're going to have to overcome. We need to, uh, people are upset of how they overwhelm the community. Right. These things, it's not anything new. We didn't create a, a, a new product here. These are regulations that exist in the state of Texas in other communities. Gotcha. We borrowed a lot from, uh, Victoria, Texas, okay, McClendon County, and so um, they've been uh, they've stood uh, 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 criticism, and I'm sure uh, you got a lot of pushback courts. too, right? We're going to, and I expect to, and that's okay because the thing <clears throat> is, is that they're not pushing up against me; they're pushing up against the citizens. This is what Odessans want. This is what Odessans are talking about. This is what Odessans and, and, and residents of Hector County want done, and they want it now. And so and we're responding. I hear you, and I've been hearing you. I'll follow you. And all social programs, this is the number one thing they're talking about. And But the thing is, is that we had to do the research. We had to dot every I and, and cross every T. And I've worked with the, the other uh, uh, 
elected officials, and this is what we concluded that will work best, and now I need them to respond. Sometimes you have to like iron the people's feet in order to get oh, yeah. the movement. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately. Sure. Thank, well, thank you for taking this time because I don't know much about them. It doesn't bother me, but it, it is overwhelming seeing yeah. so many. Honestly, you, you really hear a lot is. of people talking about it, Yep. and it's refreshing to hear somebody that's coming to be like the mouthpiece of the people instead of just coming up here and just whatever you want to do. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, and, and you put that. your foot down and you're not afraid to have, yeah. you know, backlash because it's something that it, it is a lot of issues, like you're saying, the human trafficking. And I've heard yes. stories, like, let's be real. I've heard stories and everybody I has. know people oh, yeah. and yeah. you know what I mean? It's it's, it's a difficult thing being the, the face of the city, I'm for sure. But you know. I, I will tell you, one of the biggest things that I enjoy on a daily basis is doing stuff like this, meeting with people, talking about it talking about the problem, talking about the issues, regardless of how frustrated they get, uh, seeing the, the 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 pain in some of the parents and what they're dealing with. I mean, I'm just up here, I, I constantly being asked of issues in the schools and so oh, yeah. and seeing the pain on, on the moms of the other kids being bullied and things, the kids struggling with grades and the and the parents stressed out. It it, it, it it's painful to see. And yeah. and I and I and I try to pray as much as I can for each and every one of them. And mm-hmm. I wish I had a magic wand to make it all, all, all just go away and make it better. And so, but you know, the thing is, is that it motivates me to even work harder. And and I really enjoy that. I really nice. enjoy trying to see what we can do and uh, and try to you know give them hope. And, and I and I and I and I'm truthful with you. You know, there's I don't know what I can do. I may not be able to help, but I'm here to listen. And uh, and and I and I follow back. I follow back up with it. How are you doing? How are you doing? I'm still working on it. You know, don't give up on it. Be patient. Sometimes these take, it takes time. And, you yes, know, sir. there's no easy answers. And sometimes there are no answers. But one of the things is, is that, um, you know, I know that when I speak about problems, if I thought to my pastor and everything, I just need a moment, you know, just to get some reassurance. And if he makes me, you know, if he just sits there and just prays for me, that makes me feel better. That's good. And yeah, that's good God is good and God is big. And I know that uh, Amen. that's what I can lean on. And, and, you know, one of my things that my pastor has told me that I never realized and I feel like a lot of people don't is those people that take a stand to lead, sometimes we forget to pray for them. Yes, sir. Pray for your ministers. They're, they're, and yeah, and even pastors, our leaders yeah. in the city, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Pray for their pastors and shout out to Pastor Cliff. And we have a lot of wonderful churches in the Permian Basin. I've been fortunate. I, you know, from time to time I get to go to places and, uh, and they'll pray for us or me and my wife. Yeah, so it, it's good. It's good. It feels good. Yeah, y'all need prayer time, man. You know, so for sure. I need prayer every time yes, we sir. get behind the, the 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 wheel. You can get real carnal behind that wheel. Oh man, oh, around here. especially around here. Yeah. Este. Well, I wanted to touch on. I was going to touch on the power grid situation. Yeah, Zircon. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, I know that there was an article that just came out. Um, what are we? What are we to be expecting? Do you think we're going to have another power shortage? Or oh yeah, we are. Oh yeah. When do you think it's going to hit? I don't know. <laughs> that's 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 a million dollar question that's yeah yeah and so uh so basically back in october i went down to austin uh before that uh over the summer i was elected uh, uh i ran and, and got elected uh tml president of region four that's texas municipal league it is a lobbying group that represents cities and so i'm the president mm-hmm. of region four which is all president it goes all the way down to uh, right outside of elizondo uh, south uh, southwest of uh, Paso, mm-hmm. and so it's a big, huge area. And so I represent all these communities. And so I went down to uh, Austin with ERCOT, and they laid out the plan of what they wanted to do. So 
what happened in February last year, is, and, and, I'll, and I'll simplify it really easy. Okay. Because what happened is that, you know, we had a, it was a hundred year storm that was 10, 10, 10 degrees colder than the storm we had in 2011. And it lasted seven days. Right. And so it wasn't just colder, but it was also the longevity. Nobody was prepared for that. And so what happened was, is that, you know, it affected the entire state. And so we wind up losing, you know, every night we wind up losing a, a an incredible amount of uh, megahertz uh, because we do rely on wind and solar. That sun goes down, that solar and that wind goes off, off the grid. We have two peak times in Texas. When you get up in the morning, you turn on that heater, you put on that coffee. Oh, yeah. And so you're going to have a, a, a load peak time there. The next one's going to happen when you get home That's what I was gonna say. and you're starting to cook. Mm-hmm. And so when we had this cold spell, that started happening. People got up and we had it. And then we had it in the evening, temperatures start dropping and they become longevity. As it continued, we wind up losing the solar and we wind up losing the wind. And the wind is because we had that ice. Well, these these uh, wind, wind turbines are made out of resin. They're not going to operate in that wind. They're not going to operate in that cold. They're not going to operate in that sleet and snow because they'll snap and break. Now, it's wow. not worth the icing. So we wind up losing uh, almost the equivalent of what would operate California in its peak time Dang. in the summer. And we lost it like that. Wow. So now you lose that power. Now you got to go out there and find power from other other mm. places. As the cold continued, circuitry started freezing. That wasn't protected. Oh, yeah. And so we wind up losing uh, gas. Then we started having the Railroad Commission shut off commercial uh, providers for yeah. electricity. They started losing the power. ability to generate. Yeah. And so we started losing generation, meaning we started losing facilities that generated electricity. But the demand kept going up. So we saw generation, and, and my illustration is on my on my left hand, we have generation. On my right hand, we have demand, which is called load. Oh, okay. And load is, is demand, it's electricity. So we had generation going down, and we had load going up. Supply. So just look at a, a, an unbalance where we had less generation but more demand. And we needed to equalize that. And so that's why people started losing their, they, their uh, we started shutting off the grid. And we had to be able to balance load uh, with generation. And we wind up going past the, 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 the point of no return. And when that happened within eight, eight, eight minutes. Wow. And so we were about to lose and collapse the entire grid. And so we finally found a balance and then slowly brought it back up. And so... What ERCOT with Public Utility Commission is now doing is that they're re-gone and they're going out to uh, providers, generators, uh, uh, turbines, things of that nature, and finding a way to winter, uh, winterize and weatherize. Okay. And so they're giving them incentives, but they're also leveraging penalties. They don't they don't comply. So uh, weatherize mm-hmm. those circuitries. You know, even we even had a nuclear plant down on the coast that had to go offline for the reason is that the intake tank for the water that cooled down the core froze oh man and so these are all steps that they've taken so winterization weatherization uh better communication uh, to identify those aspects of when we need to 
uh, rotate electricity. So basically, is we only had 40% of uh, providers that we could rotate. So basically, it's you're rotating electricity from one, at, one area to the other and, and so forth okay. and so forth. Okay. So we needed to increase that. So we, we, we've increased that. We've increased and identified other providers. Lubbock was independent, so now we've brought them into the Texas grid. We have privatization where they're able to build lines going to other states that we can buy electricity if need be. Um, we're also communicating better with uh, meteorologists to be able to identify these things of how best to predict the predict, weather. Yeah. And so one of the things is also is improve the ability to shift and put power in reserve. Now, this is where I get, I don't have good news as far as I'm concerned. This is what concerns me, is that generation, we're about 46% gas. And then we scale down, we go gas, coal, nuclear. Then we go into uh, wind and solar. Wind and solar bring up about four, just under 5% in generation is you know what we oh. get from them. But what we are doing is we're putting more online. We are now up to 27% in wind and solar as far as megahertz to be able to generate uh, for our electricity. And we're reducing that on the gas and more reliable uh, mm. uh, fossil fuels. And so we're going to be more dependent in building our reserves uh, by solar and, uh, and power. And even by their own admission, they're saying that they're not reliable to do that. But yet this is the new green deal where we're pushing. And that's what concerns me. When we have Texans not being Texans and we need to rely more on what we know is reliable energy and that is gas and coal. Yes, sir. And so this is something that I, I push for. I support candidates that uh, believe in this mantra. And, and one of the things is when we hear solar, we hear wind. Out here in West Texas, you know, we're, we shake our hands. We shake our hands because, yeah. you know, the thing is, is that we just don't trust it. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't venture into that field, right? but I don't want to be more dependent on it because I've seen it fail. Oh, yeah. And so this is the concern that gets me. And, this, and, and so in October, I asked ERCOT to uh, come to Odessa so they could speak to Odessans and in, in, in those in Hector County. So we I partnered with uh, Mayor Payne out of Midland. We sent out the invitations to all the ERCOT uh, uh, cities, and I invited the media. And then had Brad Jones, who's the interim CEO for ERCOT. We had that uh, meeting uh, three nice. days ago there at City Hall, and it took a lot of planning to get them down there. We finally, and, and we finally did, and we, we held it. And then the next day, I met with uh, the Railroad Commission on the seismic activity. Nice. So it's been a busy week. Making it happen. Week. Can you tell me a little bit about what we're your, what can we because oil production's up right now? Yes. And can you tell me what we, what we could expect on the because I know you just met with the railroad commission. Yes. Yeah. What are they talking on the seismic? So activity? we we started. I reached out to uh, uh, um, Jim Wright uh, and uh, Chairman uh, Wayne Christian, and so we've been speaking on quite some time uh, back and forth of all the seismic activity, and it's been a lot of information. And uh, finally, we're able to, with the Petroleum Association, to um, uh, with Ben Shepard, and uh, and so a lot of their membership. So we finally were able to solidify and have a meeting, and we wind up having a meeting there at uh, Colin Sewell's place. And so a lot of the industry were there, a lot of the oil producers were there, uh, myself, Mayor Payton, uh, Lori Blog. And so as we sat and we 
started hearing from the Railroad Commission, basically there is quite a bit of seismic activity. And right. what we've designated is called the uh, Gardendale uh, area, the mm -hmm. seismic, area, uh, seismic area. And so this thing stretches all the way from past Gardendale, uh, a little bit into Midland County, Hector County, all the way down to past Odessa, okay. city limits. And so within that, we have different uh, uh, areas where we have seismic activity. Nobody knows where the fault is until okay. you have the activity. So we oh, have quite a bit of fault. Yeah, that was the bigger, be my next question. Yeah, the big, was the fault. yeah, and the bigger the fault, the more activity. Okay. So what we basically said is we constantly have seismic activity, and it's around the 2.0, which you really don't feel. But it, we have more monitors now because of the seismic activity. So you're going to see th these monitors are going to pick up the real slight that you don't feel. But the sensors pick it up. And so, so the, the, these, these plates are active. So when you start looking at that illustration and the 2.0s, everything under 3.5, which that just made the decision is that 3.5 is anything above that where it's going to trigger uh, inspections, things in nature. And so each thing is color coded 1.0, 2.0, 3.0, 3.5, anything above 3.5, 4.0, 4 4.5. Okay. And so... You, you, you go from light blue to uh, dark red or ruby red. Okay. And, and that's, red that, being the severe. And that's the Richter scale, right? Yeah. 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 And so gotcha. these monitors pick up the seismic activity. So you start seeing all this seismic activity. And then you start seeing the, the three point, three point five, and the four points. And so when we had that incident happen where we had, uh, you know, for that one day within an hour, we had those th three, four, maybe. Uh, uh, four point above four point zero uh, earthquakes that everybody felt that was about five miles down. Yes, sir. So we've had uh, thirty six uh, injection wells. Seven were never they were permitted. Thirty six injection wells were permitted. Seven were never built, and so um, the remaining. Uh, We've reduced that number from from that to twenty six, I believe. Now, what we ha what they have found out is that is the deep injection wells is probably what's contributing to some of the se uh, seismic activity. So the thing is, is that when you start injecting this uh, this water, since you and you said this correctly, we're seeing oil production rise because of the price. Well, that means in hand in hand, we're going to see the production of this water that has to be disposed of. And so when you're injecting it down deep and it's close, there's two ways to do it. You either put it close to the uh, to, to a, a fault or you sit on top of a fault. And mm -hmm. then that pressure can cause that fault to then move and slip. Okay, that makes sense. And so so we're seeing that. So now basically is do I identify is that maybe some areas are not as good as others. And then maybe we shouldn't be permitting deep injection there. The other uh, idea is to reduce the amount of what water that we're injecting into the ground and find alternatives right. for that for that water. And that's that we'll be working hand in hand to do that, trying to think of everything else. Well, and basically to be able to keep monitoring, have the inspectors out here. So at one point we're going to do here in the near future, since we're still basically looking at seismic activity, and we will 
for the foreseeable future see seismic activity. But because of the permitting that we've taken down, we have seen the 3.0s reduce. Okay. After we've seen the sizable activity that we saw that basically everybody saw, and, and then once you get to 4 point and above, then that's when you start really seeing humans feel it. Okay. Uh, everybody's waiting for the big one. <clears throat> and that's one thing we're trying to prevent. Right. Okay, We're trying to calm everybody's fear that yeah. you know, right, the big one's right. not going to come in, but we are still going to see some seismic activity. People have asked, well, why can't we just stop? Well, we, we can't do that for the reason is that, one, we endanger the industry. We all know that everybody lives out here in Odessa and everybody we comes out here. It's, on... it's because they come out here for the work. Yeah, Absolutely. people come here from and, all over the country. Yes. And if we stop the, the well injection, we stop to produce water, we shut down the industry. And that, and that thing, what's, what's everybody scared? Everybody's more scared that government doesn't get involved to the point where it endangers their lives and their livelihoods and then be able to make uh, and, and shut down the industry. And that's not what we want them to do. And nowhere anybody is wanting to do that. And, uh, but we do want to be able to address. So what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to continue to monitor. Where we will meet again, and then we're going to formulate a plan where we'll be able to explain this and take all this data and put it in a in a way in a format where we can present it to the public. We can bring it to the media. We'll do it in a Zoom meeting, and then we'll have a message and how we're going to go forward and how we're going to address this for the foreseeable future. So it's a very productive meeting. I was very encouraged by it. Yeah, it's good to hear. Yeah, it's really good information. I'm more sure now because, you know, we're all getting on the same page and uh, the Railroad Commission is doing a real job. We're getting a lot of uh, volunteers from the uh, from all the companies that are involved and they're coming up with a solution and they're concerned about it and they're addressing it. And they're not ignoring it, you know, and, uh, and whatever they can do to, to, to help, they are definitely doing it. And, yeah, it's uh, definitely industry has been uh, looking for technology to be able to address this and, and they've been the leader on it and they're doing a lot of cons- conservation and they'll continue to do and it. And I'm sure we'll find it. You know, we, we, will. we came up with directional drilling and then we had fracking, fracturing. Um, yeah. I'm sure we'll find a way the to innovation and the creativity that's out there is overwhelming. And these guys are committed and they just need to be better. And that's one thing that we're encouraging. We're going to come up is that we need to be better stewards of uh, what the uh, industry is doing in the forefront. And we're going to get better at that. I know Saudi, I recently attended the, uh, they had an oil and gas conference in Houston. They had OSHA as one of the kind of head runners in the, that conference. And they talked about how for two years now, or a little over two years now, Texas, more in particular, a Permian Basin, Odessa, has been the largest producer in oil, dude, and gas in the world. In the, the world. Yep. So when you say people come down here to work, they come down here to That's work. That's what they're here yeah. for. So I'm glad that you as a mayor of the city recognize that. So oh, I applaud yeah. you for that. Oh, yeah. Um, I wanted to touch briefly on uh, switch gears and talk about uh, your viewpoints. And I know this is something that has come up in the past. And you've quoted, and I quote, sanctuary. You wanted to make Odessa a sanctuary city for the unborn. Well, let me, uh, let me expand on that. Okay. Citizens of Odessa want... Odessa be a sanctuary city for the unborn. Gotcha. They want to outlaw abortion. And if anybody sits there and says, hey, abortions are not being committed here, then then you're wrong. Now, everybody says, well, point it to me. Well, if I could, I would. But I know that it is happening. And so... Do you know that it is happening here? And and I'm the, the first to actually take it on and put it on and not shy away from it and respond to the community that, uh, 
we'll see this effort go through, and I think it's very necessary. You know, I had some testimony down when we were uh, visiting with mayors in uh, in Ambling, and there was uh, people from Lubbock, and so they talked about the blessings that they've had since uh, the citizens voted on uh, outlawing abortion. The abortion, yeah. You know, when the when the rain for the crops is needing, the rain has been timely. They're yielding so many crops that they're getting four to five, six yields, where they're selling it above one dollar, above cost, and they're still they're still being profitable. You know, God has blessed the people in Lubbock, and when I came on to the city council on January 5th of 2020, I put it on the work session to be able to discuss it. Never had an intention because I didn't know the way the council felt about the issue. And there was a consensus by four of the members of the council that it wasn't needed for whatever reason. You know, each one had a, 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 their valid reasons in their opinion of why they, they didn't support it. And, uh, and it was out of their own volition to do that. It wasn't until this last uh, autumn that I wind up uh, asking the council to put it on the ballot would have been May 1st of this year for to allow the citizens of Odessa to decide if they wanted it to pass the oh. ordinances of making abortion illegal. Mm -hmm. And from a vote four uh, against and three in favor to do that, the effort was defeated not to put it on the, uh, on the ballot right. for people to decide. And so, and I and I truly believe this that we're in a spiritual warfare. And I Absolutely, think that yes, and, I, and I really believe because of that action, we have gone in the opposite direction of what's happening in Lubbock, and that's why we're seeing the 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 undisciplinary actions and 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 lack of accountability within our schools and how kids are being attacked. Uh, this is why I see I think the human trafficking that's going on, the the, the uptick on the uh, on the crime and the uh, and the sexual assaults and the domestic assaults and the shootings, the and, shootings and yeah and, and, and the drug activity. I think that we basically is we have unleashed and and, and, and the, the the devil here in, in, in this community and in, in that we need to engage into that spiritual warfare. I know many of you are like you know, they, 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 they just, they're dismissive of it. Right. But, uh, you know, I know it's real. I truly oh, believe yeah. that it, there's not a war between flesh and flesh. It's a spiritual it's, war. I agree a hundred percent. Yes. And wherever we go in the community, wherever we go in the state, uh, you know, we're hearing these, these testimonies. So there's been a request for me and, and I'm working on it and I'll start working on it. So the request has been this, is that whatever there is an uh, uh, MGM Elegante in this community throughout the state is we're going to start holding uh, meetings throughout the community, throughout the state and mayors and pastors and community members that are going to push forward the effort to outlaw and uh, abortion in these cities throughout Texas. We are going to start meeting coordinating in all these communities and help and assist and uh, share information, share stories, share testimonies. And this is something that we're going to uh, start up in 2020 and we won't stop until we're able to uh, basically reverse a stain on my generation where more Amen. than That's 64 good. million babies have been put to death. And uh, in, in Hector County, we've estimated about 45,000. Yeah. Well, I wasn't going to ask, but now I'm curious. Uh, and I'm with you. I think the world is in a, the shape that it's in because we've become so accepting of things. And I feel like we should have never opened the door to 
a couple of things. One of the things that I talk about a lot is, uh, and I, and I picked this part out, but, uh, what do you, what is your viewpoint on the, uh, LGBT community and homosexuality and all that? You know, this, this subject, and, and I've spoken to my pastor about this. And so, you know, they're, they're, they're members of uh, the LGBT community within my, within my own family. And, uh, and I, and I don't condemn them. I mean, I, uh, I think it's the sin, a... I think the sin is, should be condemned, but not the, the person. person. I agree. And, and I love them and I will do. And then, and, and, and I don't, and I, I don't speak out to them. I accept them. I love them. I love them for who they are. Uh, but the sin is, should be condemned. And so, and the thing is what, I, what, 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 what bothers me is the, the confusion that's being taught. Um, the projection. Yes. Because my, my, you know, one of the, the hardest, the hardest part of your life is when you go into middle school. Absolutely. And that is a difficult, Absolutely. you know, yeah. it's the awkwardness where you're at. I and learned so, so much in middle school. There was know. kids just to throw a story out there. I didn't know anything about drugs or anything at that point. There was kids that would have lines of cocaine under the keyboard and oh stuff like that. I, I had no idea what this yeah. was, dude, at the yeah. time. For me, it was ninth grade. You know, it was, wow, you know, the, the, the drug use. And, yeah, it was just it was just something else. And so, you know, me going to Bonham, one of the things that, and I still remember this vividly. I went to Bonham as well. So we're walking in to the side where the gym is, you know, and it's just a herd walking in. I remember big old some get because they had to be ninth graders they reached over like this and they inappropriately touched a girl in front of me and she turned around and you know well i'm not gonna say anything these guys are ninth graders man they pound me and so i'm just we're just walking and i just narrow she just looks over and you know and the thing is is that this is happening so how do the schools deal with inappropriateness behavior. between students yeah. you know, and behavior and then the thing is is that we're seeing curriculum where you're basically confusing the gender identity or no identity and i'm seeing my granddaughter go through this and so oh, wow. um but you know the thing is we don't talk about it except her you know and she's got to just go through this and you know it's her parents to deal with it uh i don't interfere and they don't ask i want to and so how do you deal with it and this this is a new age for me to be able to how do you address it? i pray a lot spoken to my pastors about it uh you know and and, and so it, it it is is a fluid thing, and 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 I truly believe this. You know, the thing is, is that I you know I'm accepting of what people want to do and, and and they need to do and what they're and they're comfortable. But you know, the thing is, the sin is the sin, and that's what you condemn. You know, I uh, I agree with you because for me, it's a projection. Like they fought hard to get accepted, but now it's being projected to my kids, and you see it on TV shows and. And I have no problem with homosexualities. I have friends that are homosexual. I have I have no problem with them. And it's not my position to judge. Exactly. And I have no hate in my heart. Exactly. Um, the problem that I have is like that it's it's done to the point where it's projecting to our kids and our kids can, yeah. can't defend themselves. Yeah. 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 You know yeah. what I mean? It's and overwhelming. That's, yeah, kids don't need to know anything about sexuality or anything like absolutely, that. Absolutely, dude. And then we're having men, you know, that are dressed as women yeah. reading to them at there's the schools. A, there, there's a, a feminization of uh and suppressing uh men men let's get on and, and, and that's one thing that Absolutely. really that, that i've prayed about and and so and i and i'm and i'm and i'm hoping god will, will will guide me on this and so what he put in my heart is that you know since uh 2016 here in the city of odessa the city of odessa ceased to recognize national day of prayer 
and they don't have the prep breakfast and they ceased it. The last time it was done is 2016 for the reason is that uh, then mayor, former mayor Turner was given a letter from what I'm understanding, what I was told is they may seal you to a separation of church and state. I have also gotten that letter from the ACLU on other subjects because the thing is, is that one of the things that I did in City Odessa is that I declared where God is Lord. I actually have a proclamation that sits inside the uh, the four-way of City Hall, where it declares and and and, and I and and I and I uh, I always encourage people to read it. I should have brought one of these uh, with me, and so and I've got. I'm gonna look out for. I've it. got. I've actually got four copies in the truck right now. I'm gonna grab one. And so and and so it was a declaration. We wind up having a day of a prayer, repentance, and fasting, and we declared this on the grounds of uh, uh, the courthouse in December 19th. We okay. planned it before my election. God had already declared victory, and so. So the importance here is this, is that what God has put me is that we need to have a, a day of prayer on May 5th. I don't know if we do a public event. I don't know if we wind up praying in the homes or separate or we come together. We have in unison uh, prayer uh, uh, churches doing it. I would say unison. And, yeah. and I do too. I think it should be unison. But what we need to pray about is the for us as men to become men and to take, be the head of our households, Amen. declare what Amen. our purpose is to be leaders in our families and our wives and our children, because, you know, we're absconding our responsibility in the eyes of God. Amen. And we need to take control of that. If we want to start solving our issues, let's start living up to our take accountability. take accountability for the children you have, the wives you have and lead them to Christ 100%, and not amen. into uh, damnation. Damnation, absolutely. Yeah. I agree 100% with you. Yes, I think that's I one of the biggest issues nowadays. So people I, just not taking care of the responsibilities. And I'll be asking for 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 prayer for uh, for clarity of what we need to do on May fifth. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, we definitely need. We'll that. be we'll be joining you in prayer for sure. Uh, yes, sir. And uh, I was going to tell you know you asked me uh, prior to us starting why uh, I did this podcast and. I remember I was in a service with my pastor at Hope Alive, and he said the the enemy's biggest tactic against you is to keep you silent. Mm. And uh, that that day I decided, you know what? I've been having this in my heart for the longest time. I know this is something that God wants me to do. I told a friend about it. He's all like, dude, how much do you need? Shout out to Alex Salazar. He didn't hesitate one moment. Amen. I told him, and he, hey, let's go half. Boom, ordered everything, got everything set up. And we've been hitting the ground running, but awesome. I I want to be that outlet where a lot of men, young men, were doing the wrong things. And I'll be the first to admit, uh, I feel we play a huge factor, especially men, in uh, this whole rise of uh, masculine females because we've let them down as men. And they've kind of like, well, I don't need a man now. I'm going to be independent. So I say we need to be accountable. And do the right thing, lead our families to God. I, I'm 100 percent with you man, on that. That's man. well put. I really like that you shared that. That's yes, really sir. awesome. I, I'm 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 going to take it from you. I'm going to use it. <laughs> that's perfect, really perfect. awesome. Yes, sir. You know, thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. Whatever we can do to help. There you go. Yes, yes, sir. La raza, we got to stick together. También. Um. So I wanted to talk to you uh, about. Let's kind of get to a lighter topic. Awesome. Okay, so uh, the Big Belt Championship happening here February. Uh, dang it, I, didn't, I had it written down. Um, but it's going to be a championship fight here in yeah. Odessa, Texas. Pro yeah. boxers yeah. coming yeah. down. Yep. 
I know you were there at the press conference, right, that they had? Yes. Yes. And uh, what do you think? Are you familiar with Conrad and Guerrilla Heavy Hitters and all those guys, right? Yeah, I am. Um, uh, uh, Iron Sanchez uh, and his wife. Yep. We're in the uh, we're in the same small group. And they go to the same church, right? Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, same church. Yeah. We're in the same small group. Yeah, that's that's awesome. where we met. I actually and, had him on about two, three weeks ago on the podcast. Okay. okay. So I saw the picture and I and I wasn't oh, sure what podcast. Hey, well, it's the podcast. Hey, oh, I'll be on in a couple of weeks. Okay. Okay. Actually, you know, the thing is, is that we went to the uh, to the uh, to the announcement and we we're just going to go support and uh you know and uh, i was saying man i need you to speak you're like oh well, no i didn't want to because i mean <laughs> i didn't want to take away from conrad so uh so i did it both in english and spanish and uh and one of the things the history here with uh, the whole family is my dad is a boxer oh, is nice. really? my dad was a junior lightweight champion and wow what I've been told that there's a picture in the gym in a queen. I don't know if it still exists, but I was in the golf course one time and I met a gentleman. He had his grandkids started talking, realized he knew my dad. They had done business. And so Man, he shared the story that, yeah. And the, that my dad was a champion, a junior lightweight champion at one thirty, and that he, there's a picture of him in a gym in a cunha and I'll never see it. And so um, we all grew up in the, in, in the boxing gyms. You know, in the heydays of the Golden Gloves here, oh, yeah. man, I can talk to you about box. I can tell you stories. I can throw you out names of all these amateur boxers, amateur boxers that my dad brought up and the fights that were incredible in the Floyd Gwynn and the Coliseum and the Boys Club. And, uh, you know, That's the thing insane. is, that, you know, my dad trained, uh, uh, you know, here, uh, uh, in Paz, uh, Ruben Munoz Jr. My dad started training when he was eight, nine years old, made him a southpaw when he was a little kid. And trained him through his professional years so we were part of all that and so then my son got into boxing uh, in fact uh, randy munoz actually uh worked his corner worked as uh, and mm. worked as his trainer and um and my and, and so so we've been in and out and and then uh, meeting iron and meeting conrad and just uh, being able to go and support him and watch him—it's it, really exciting. It's exciting to see boxing come back. Oh yeah! And so I can't and wait. Come for to that our night. hometown. Yeah, I know it's going to be great, boxer. man. There's going to be a great place out there at uh, Diamond Event Center. Diamond Event Center, and okay. I ra ran into the guy that runs it. He, he invited me. I said, "Man, I already got tickets, and we're going to be there." Nice. And so we're going to be there with the family. We're going to be ringside. Kingdom Church is going to be right there, just cheering on. Cheering yeah, that's man, awesome. It's going to be awesome. I Thank can't you. wait. I can't wait. My dad's actually going to be there also. Nice. My dad, awesome. uh, no, Randy Munoz uh, uh, kind of basically calls him the professor, but there's a lot <laughs> of knowledge there. If you go on to YouTube and you put, right in, uh, put in uh, Ruben Munoz, uh, uh, Arturo Frias, oh, that fight, Curtis Harris, my dad's right there. You know, he, my dad's got it. That was uh, the Arturo Frias was, uh, I remember they were training. That's the first one that pops up, yeah, actually, yeah. Art Frias. Yeah, and so I remember right in my man cave, I've got uh, the Odessa American uh, front page, and it's my Dan and Ruben, and it's the last day of their training. It, their training facility sits where the police department sits now. Okay. It was oh, July. Yeah, it was July fourth. That's your pops, right? Yeah. Yeah, he'll be. He'll... Yeah, that's him. That's that's, that's, that's my dad right there. Yeah. That's him right yeah, there. That's that's that. He was nice. in his mid forties right there. Wow, you my know, dad's in good shape. My dad's ninety one now. Honestly, wow. you do too. I didn't yeah. even know you were uh, fifty six. Yep, fifty six. Oh, yeah. yeah, you're yeah. in pretty good shape. My wife for your is age. having. My wife just realized she's gonna be uh, fifty seven here in a couple of months, and she's freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> I so, know. 
you know, but yeah, and and so we grew up, and so it's really exciting to see the boxing come back. I was there, we were there in the in in, in Lubbock when uh, Munoz and Robin Blake, and Robin is a good friend. And I still say this, man. I still hate you, Robin, for winning that fight. I was so mad. I was so mad. You were mad? Oh, man. I was angry. I mean, I wanted Ruben to win that fight so much. I was angry when he lost to Roger Mayweather. And so, uh, but yeah, it was, it, it was it was an incredible time. It was an exciting time. And and just, you know, to see a, a – and you know what? Conrad's a great kid. He's a he's just a fine young man. Uh, Iron and uh, Isenia is just great people. The whole family yes, is just yes, a, just a, a wonderful, and so yeah, he's doing it right. He's a clean kid. Uh, really is dedicated to the De- sport. Super dedicated. He he he. Then now he's disciplined. I saw when I saw him watch his Even first fight. Sundays, he's still patient. You yeah. went to New Mexico. Yeah. Did you really? Yeah, we were there. Yeah, we were there ringside. Dang, I didn't even. I was there ringside too. I had yeah. a table. Yeah. We did, did you too. see the? So by the way, side note. They had the first sanctioned bare knuckle fight. Oh, that oh, was man. incredible! That, that was, was insane. That was, that was insane. I was, was I don't know about that, dude. I don't that know. That was about exciting. That. <laughs> I was like, man. No, yeah. luego, bloody yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's yeah. the best they, part. They, here they, well, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't remember that, but man, they went at it, and it was exciting. And uh, that was a fight for yeah, sure. That was definitely in 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 so in, in in between the fights, man. It was a lot of Christian music being played. Yeah, it was just a great night. It was a yeah, great night. It, it really was. It really felt good, and it was exciting. And man, there was a lot of people uh, from Midland. I mean, I think I think the, mo- the majority. The majority were from here. Were from here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and, uh, yeah. We, we carpooled like seven people, dude, and we headed up there. Yeah. Nice. Two hour drive, but yeah, it was we great. didn't go to the second fight he had in Dallas. But uh, well, I was I, I was actually jumping out of a plane. So <laughs> were you when well, that happened? Well, I was in Vegas at that time, and I, I I've been going. Is not, that where you go? Like usually? To? No, I had never been to Vegas. Oh, okay. And so uh, it was a gift. Uh, oh. 40th anniversary. Nice. And so we Congrats. went with a bunch of friends, and they they just needed to get me out because I, I, me and my wife have been going nonstop for for three years, almost four years. We we've been running campaigns. We ran and we got involved in the uh, congressional district eleven campaign, and we went for a year solid. You know that went into another one, and then uh, then we uh, then I started running other campaigns at the local level. Then got then I got involved in my campaign. That went nonstop, uh, and then as soon as uh, we won, went into the mode of uh, mayor elect, and they've been serving now for a year. Yeah. So it was a big three and a half year stretch. Head on the ground running. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and and I was exhausted. And, and say, hey, let's you get, get burned out, out quickly. You, you you physically get tired. Mentally, you get you get uh, uh, you know you 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 wind having some fatigue, so to yeah. speak, and you can get foggy. And so there's been a few times where uh, you know I just got so exhausted I couldn't get out of bed for a day or so. And so, but let me tell you, you don't go to Vegas and relax. Oh my goodness. <laughs> So it definitely, you know, it's it been on a bucket list, man. I scratched that it out, out with a big red ink, and so that's all. The only yeah, reason we're hear. going, we're only going back to my son's getting married there. So and 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 important, my son. You know, the thing is, is that they were going to get married three years ago, but that's when I got diagnosed with cancer. So he canceled it and he upped the uh, the uh, the budget for my daughter-in-law. Okay. And then, uh, and then COVID hit. Mm, and yeah. another hurdle and then another hurdle so they say you know what we're just gonna go to Vegas we're gonna get married so it's yeah. gonna happen yeah that's so. all congratulations to your son uh oh, hopefully muchos años and yeah. oh yeah um, one of the things that I did, did want to get into también now that we brought it up is your marriage like 
we don't see that anymore. I come from a divorced family, and uh, Same. we were going through separation last year. Me and my wife, gracias a Dios, we were able to put it together. Um, I had a lot of stuff that I had to work on, and uh, we were able to piece it back together. But this is another reason why I made the podcast is to give tips, insights, and we glorify toxic relationships. We glorify oh, some toxicos, or we glorify this whole the, society has it all wrong. And uh, I want to glorify healthy relationships. I want to talk about good things like healthy related people that have God in the middle of their marriage. And I'm, mm -hmm. I'm sure you have a lot of knowledge to share in this aspect, but yeah, um, well, go ahead. Well, let, let, let me say this, you know, I, and I joke about this, but you know, but also sincereness is, 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 it's a simple rule for myself though. I want to be happy. I want to be right. So I've been happy Absolutely. for 40 years. And so one of the things is that I learned and I wish I had learned this long ago, I'm taking notes. It's there. There's. Uh, I don't know if you know. There's a, a pastor called uh, Jimmy Evans. Yes, I do. Okay. EXO Marriage Conference is Man. next month. Are you going? Oh yeah. Found that. Yeah. Whoa! I'm gonna see you <laughs> over it. there. We, we, we did it last year. I did it. Well, no. We did was it last, last year. year? In we, Dallas, right? Too? No, 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 no. We the year before. We, we have it at the church. Oh. Okay. We had okay, it at okay. the church. But are you going in person this year? Well, we're going to do it here. Okay. We're okay. going to have it at a hotel. I'm going to head up to the. Oh, no, no. I'm conference. not going to go to Dallas. So basically, we're going to do is we're going to have it at the church and we'll just, we just. Everyone watching it. Yeah. We just watch it. Let me tell you, it is a profound experience. It is. The thing is, what you learn is, and this is what we learned, you know, being my wife, because we, you know, we, we actually went through the exercises. And so, um, and so basically, you know, when you go through a ceremony of, uh, of a marriage, you know, you do the, 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 the unity candle. Yeah. So you always grow up with two become one, right? Mm -hmm. Well, that's not necessarily true. What basically is two become three for the reason is that what you got to do is you've got to ground your marriage in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, father God has got to be dead center in that because the thing is, is what happens is we in couples. So when you go into an intimate relationship with a significant other, you know, it pains you to be away and you want to know all you want to know about that person. You know, you miss them when you're not there and you want to know every little detail. You have those small little talks. And so it becomes very intimate. The thing is, is that you need to have that intimate relationship with your God. Amen. And when you do that and you go to your God to be able to say, hey, let me lay this heavy burden on you. You do it to him. What we do as couples is that we do that to Each our significant other. other. Absolutely. And so you're laying a burn on top of your significant other that, you know, they're, and then that's a burn that they're already on top of what they've had. And then when you start doing it, it starts piling up. It gets to a point where somebody's going to break. And then the communication breaks down and it goes on. And then it's one thing after another. It's like quicksand. This goes wrong. This goes wrong. You stop talking. And, and then basically you're looking for an out. And then you start looking for things that are ministry and relationship. You start looking at others or you start looking at substance or you start buying things. And then you have financial troubles. And it's a domino. It's a, dom it's yeah. a domino effect. And then you're so far off that you don't even know what the problem is. And the thing is, is that you're focusing on all the auxiliary of all the problems. And, and the thing is, is that the focus should all be on your Father God and Jesus Christ. And that's where you have to, to put it all on. That's where you throw it all on, and that's and that's the last thing that we do. And so, if you if your relationship and your marriage is not cemented on the foundation that God is center 
and then you. And the thing is, is that you have to forego your parents, your uncles, your yes. children. Yes. The important thing here is the relationship and it's the marriage. The, 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 the kids are the fruit of the marriage and the, and, and the kids are productive. There's, and, and they have to be solidified in this marriage and in, and, and God being sinners. But the reason is that why you have the family is because of this marriage. And that's where you have to throw your focus on. You don't, you don't, I'm sorry. You don't throw it on to the, uh, to, to your, to your spouses, to your, your spouses and say, Hey, solve this for me or mm -hmm. fulfill this for me. No, 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 no. That is where God comes in, that intimate relationship with God. And that's the one thing, you know, one of the things that me and my wife went back and we did the, uh, uh, we did the exercises is focus on what was your high point and what was your low point when it came to a significant other. And that was really hard for me because I'm a type of person that's a fixture. And so I think all men are. Yeah. And so. There was a point where my wife had gotten so broken and, you know, and so, and I was her enabler. And so it got to the point mm. where, um, I tried to hide it, you know, and, and, and help her and, and to sit her and see her go through what she could and you couldn't help. And so that was my lowest point in, mm -hmm. in, in the 40 years. You know, one of the things is that a friend of mine told me this, that in, in any relationship, new and old, what's going to happen is that warm, fuzzy feeling is going to go away. And then it becomes a maturity about making the choices of continuing that relationship in that marriage. And it takes work. You got to pour a lot into marriage it. is not for the weak. Yeah. And so, and, and, and just because you have a disagreement, no, but get me out of the way. Yes, yes. and, and that's what happens. We give up so easy. We are a, you know, uh, a right now throwaway instant uh, society. Gratification. And so, yeah. yes. And it's all self gratification. And yes. the thing is, is that, you know, it's like going to church when you go into worship. And you sit there and say, well, you know, Pastor Cliff wasn't there. We had somebody else. Man, I didn't get anything about that. Well, that's where you're wrong. You're not there to get, you know, yeah, you're there to get it poured in. But the thing is, is that it's what you pour into it is what you have to focus on. And so you have to focus on in an intimate relationship in this marriage or what you pour into it. Because we're so, we're so consumed with what am I getting out of it? What yes, am I sir. getting out of it? You know Absolutely. what? I'm not getting out what I don't want. This. I'm just going to find me someone else. Yes, sir. And then you wind up having all these little franchises out Soul there. Ties. And the thing is, is that then what you wind up doing is that then then the curse is now taken on to your kid and it's just an ending curse. Yeah. And so, but yeah, and that's why I always sit there. And since I was on radio earlier in my career, I always kept saying, I said, whatever the, uh, uh, at the year was that we were married, and, and now as I say, I can sit there and say, we've been married for 40 consecutive years to the same lucky woman. And uh, <laughs> that's an accomplishment. I yeah. applaud that. Yeah, well, yes, I, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate congratulations. That. I try to turn her back in at 25, but my, my sweetest They wouldn't said, take her back. My sweetest yeah. said, no, she's been, uh, she's been a whole lot All longer than I've been. <laughs> All cells are fine. Yeah. Yeah. Warranty no, already expired. I'm going to touch on two things. Uh, one is I had Ashton Lopez, which is Cliff's uh, sister, on the podcast with her husband, and she talks about a three rope, you know, a three rope with three strands. Yep. And when you pull on that rope, what happens? It gets closer and they kind of hold together. That's the example that she used when you have to have God in your marriage. It's awesome. like it, it'll, the more tension, the more you all three should come closer together. That's absolutely right. Yeah. That's absolutely correct. And then uh, another thing is like, uh, I always use this one, but 
during our separation, um, I started listening a lot, marriage reading books and working on myself. And uh, I remember I was talking to my parents and my parents were like, no, mijo, like, just get a divorce, just end it. My parents are divorced, right? Mm-hmm. And I talked to her parents. They've been married for about 40 years now. And they're my, my father-in-law specifically. And he would say, mijo, just keep trying, pray, you know, do, do, just keep working on yourself. And, you know, and obviously have respect for yourself if she does something, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I would call him, like, hey, this is going on. And then literally that weekend, we would go over to a family function, and my wife would be hugging on me, and and I would look at my suero, and he'd be just going like that. And I'm like, man, he probably thinks we're crazy. <laughs> so finally, I, I asked him, because the, the day before, I had I don't know what to do. I think she, this is it. And then we're at the family function. She's hugging me. We're laughing. And I'm like, suero, you probably think we're crazy, huh? He's like, you know what, Michael? It doesn't matter what I think. What matters is that as y'all, y'all two understand each other. Yeah, and ever since that, I took that and um, I run with that. You know, it doesn't really matter what my parents think, what what yes, anyone sir. thinks, as long as me and her are in the same page. That's all that matters. That's absolutely right. You gotta leave. You gotta leave everything behind. It's all about the the, the couple. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. As the um. I think I covered almost. I I thought we were gonna be a little bit more longer, and I, I, there's no cutout or anything like that. Um, what is something that? Uh, what advice would you give to young couples now, or even your son, because he's about to get married? Did you have a talk with him? I'm sure you did. Uh, but what advice would you share with with people listening now? Um, you know, the thing is that there, there's there's not one thing that I can say that you know that. I think that what the talk that we had, you know, take it to heart, re-listen to it. But the important thing is here is that we're in. Mm, that's good. They're not hearing us. That's good. But what you know what they are doing? They're watching us. Oh, yeah. Okay. They're looking at us. And they're seeing what the parents or the adults are saying and their actions. They're not matching, not matching up. up. 100%. And so. That's why they have a skewed a view of marriage. They have a skewed view of uh, I, their sexual identity because you say one thing, but you do another. And, you know, that saying is, you know, actions speak louder than words. That is very profound in this generation. Yes, sir. And so what the, what I would tell anybody listening to, into this podcast is, have your children and the young people be witnesses to your walk with Christ. And that's it good. has to that's be, really it has to be true. Amen. Because that's what they're, that's what they're, that's, seeing. that's what they're seeing. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they, they, they don't want to hear. They, let me tell you, they tune me out every day, every morning. I go pick up my grandson, pick him up. And it's the same routine. Go buy him his, uh, his chocolate donut and his kolache. And you know, you go in there and, you know, and they're a little in there and she tells me, you know, you know, one regular, one chocolate donut, yep, 305, boom, every single day. So when I'm talking to them, good morning, mm. how are you doing this morning? Mm. Love you. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, you want kolache and donut? Mm. Yes. <laughs> I thought he was going to say yes to that yes. one. No, no, it, mm, mm. it's just a, mm. a, a series of grunts. And so, and you want to get a hug, you get a. The uh, head beam. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and now I realize that if I want to tell him, you know, I want to hear I love you too, is I got to say it before he opens the door, before he gets off at the middle school. And so the thing is, though, they don't say nothing 
And here's a real example. He's gone to church with us. Your grandson. And so he'll sit there and he'll be on his phone. And this one day we're we're there and we're praying. And the pastor starts talking about, and he, he says, look, there's a message here. And it's about someone's lost a loved one and started talking about that. And uh, it hadn't been long that uh, my mom had passed. But another one also is that my wife has experienced an incredible amount of loss uh, this last year. In 10 months, they've lost nine family members. Oh, man, within, 100, within 120 days, early last year, in fact, February uh, on Valentine's Day will be a year uh, that uh, her, uh, her brother that precedes her uh, passed away. So from his death, we lost... My brother-in-law lost a a husband, one of her cousins, lost her nephew, which is her her brother's uh, youngest son. And then within 100 days of my brother-in-law's death, my wife's dad passed away. Wow. And so as we talked about in, 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 in that, uh, you know, we're reflecting. I looked over and my grandson's crying. And so what you realize is that he is listening. He is seen. And so it's good for your kids to see you worship the Lord. Yes, sir. But your walk has to be true. It can't be manufactured. And so if you want successful kids, if you want kids with confidence, if you want kids that are reassured because they have problems. And and I have lots of times, you know, we're not raising them. We're letting them be on TikTok. We're letting them whatever it is. The thing is. Amen. And one of the things is, is that even myself, and I'm guilty of this. Right is I need to spend more time with the Lord. You know, the time that I'm spending with her, because right now I'm fasting. Maybe say, well, you know, what are you giving up in food? I don't know. I'm actually giving up social media. I'm not doing social media. And it's a tool that I use in the position I am, but I'm not using the, the social media. And so I need to get away from that. And so, and that's one thing that our kids need to do too. Absolutely. And so we, they need Absolutely. to be more focused in the family and the kids. So, the message here is that have your kids be a witness to your walk in Christ and your right and your walk in Christ has to be true. And, you know, and, and that's one thing you do. And what you would see is that you had a, a set of parents that, that had gone through two different experiences. And so it's which one did you feed? Which one did you follow? And so you want it. You, you were looking for advice to say, hey, how, what do I need to do in my marriage? And you followed the, the, the couple that said, hey, you know what? Just keep trying. Keep trying. Because giving up is the easy part. Walking away is the easy part. Yes, it may hurt in the in the beginning, but you get over it and you move Right, on. right. But going back into the fray of the fight, going in there and facing your issues and taking them on and working through them, that's the rewarding part. Amen. So for me... I never want to stop learning because when you stop learning, you stop growing and you start to die. I feel a hundred percent. And I, you can learn from anyone, but at the same time, if I don't want your lifestyle, why am I going to take your advice? Yes, sir. And, and you hit it the nail right on the head when you said, we're not listening. We're, we're watching. 
Yeah, and, kids, and, what they're doing. The kids are watching you. And the kids you know, are doing the same they're, thing. They're watching everything yeah. you're doing. When you're sitting there in the Cowboys and you're watching the Cowboys and you got, you know, the beer some or beer under here and then and then you're spending more time on the, the complexities of why the Cowboys lost to the 49ers and that, yep. you know, more in the complexity of what the scripture says, you know, these kids Uh-oh. are paying attention. Watch out. Yeah. Watch out, Cowboys yeah. fans. <laughs> Well, the thing is, I've been laying a lot of hands on the Cowboy fans because there's a lot of healing that needs to be going on out there. <laughs> Amen to that. But, but the thing is, is since they're not playing on Sunday, there's more time for church. There you go. <laughs> hey, you heard it here first, folks. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm not a Cowboys fan, but that game hurt. I mean, Did it? Yeah, a little uh, bit. I'm from Arlington, so I have to be a Cowboy Oh, you fan. have to be? <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no way around it. Uh, no, you know, the thing is, I tell people, he's like, you Cowboy fans were like the ones that used to win. Yeah. Uh, you know, my first Cowboy. 96, no? Jerry was the last time? Well, yeah, but you, Jimmy, know, you know what Jimmy my Johnson. first Cowboy okay. game was? My first Cowboy game was uh, 1976. It was a preseason game. And uh, Dallas Cowboys were playing the San Diego Chargers. Starting quarterback for San Diego was Dan Fouts. Wally, you know, and then Joyner, and so, and and the starting quarterback for uh, the Cowboys was Staubach, Tony Dorsett's rookie season, Robert Newhouse, uh, Golden Richards, Butch Johnson, Drew Pearson, Harvey Martin, Ed Tutal Jones, Randy White. Uh, you had Leroy Jordan. Oh man, let me tell you, it was just, it was incredible. You know, and 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 you know the uh, the only jersey I ever bought. Was Roger Staubach's, and it's sitting in my man cave. Other than that, I've never bought another jersey. Nice, you get you that know, bad so. boy frame. That's it, right there. I mean, that 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 right there was it for me. I've never really uh, followed another player, and uh, and so you know, and and um, you know, and and I, and I like watching watching uh, the uh, football and everything, but um, in the end, it's just you know, it's a football game. Yes, sir. And you know. Uh, Lived in San Antonio when Mano Ginobili uh, became a Spur. I became a, a Mano Ginobili and a Spur fan. <laughs> and what I liked about it is that you guys kept it perspective. It's a game. It's just a game. And so I like the the camaraderie. They like the friendship that they had because I I, I had teammates. I played with uh, with the team. I played baseball and softball for thirty years and seventy years. We had this team together, and I don't miss the games. I don't miss playing, but I miss the friendships. And so, um, so you relate a little bit. And, and so the thing is, is that I like to see people who put things in the right perspective. And, and, and David Robinson said this, cause I, I, I was there when he was there for his rookie season and, uh, got to meet him. And I remember when they won the first championship and he told everybody in the locker room that if Winning a championship, an NBA championship, is what gave meaning to your life. And this is the epitome, and this is the highlight in your life. You need to reevaluate your values because they're misplaced. Because the only thing that should be able to bring that type of glory is Father God. Amen. You said that for all? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to look that out. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it's, it's not word for word, but that basically the yeah. is what you're saying. Yeah, it's very, I mean, they, that, you know, he, he, he is sound in his, uh, in his faith. And it's true. We have, for me, for me, one core feeling, like I like sports, whatever. Um, but one thing that I can't find myself to do is wear another last name on my another back. Man's, another man's shirt. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not down with that. Right. If I'm going to get a jersey, I'm going to put my last name right, on the exactly. back of that. Even if I don't play, I just, yeah. you know what I mean? I but, hear you. That's I one thing. 
we heard at the convention with FFL, Sean Mike was on there. One of the first questions is he's the CEO of the, one of the insurance, uh -huh. the IMO we work for. And uh, he was like, one of the first questions, what do you think about so-and-so quarterback? He's like, who asked that question? It'd be me. He's like, if I saw my son wearing a jersey with another man's name on it, I'd slap his face. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that too. I, like, I love this company. I've heard it. <laughs> you know, the, and the thing is, is that what sports is supposed to be is supposed to build up character. Yes, sir. You know, there's a, um, and, and I want you guys to look this up, and I want you to take this to heart. Okay. So there's a coach, and, and, and he walked out into the crowd, and he's holding a, a home plate around his neck. And so it's called uh, uh, 17 inches. And so the thing is, is in baseball, you know, that plate is solidified. You know, it's, it's, it has its dimensions and it's never changed. And so, you know, you throw it off the plate, it's a ball, you throw inside the plate with like rubber, you know, it's, so basically is there are rules to the game and uh, balls and strikes. And so, when you read it, it reads like a poem. The thing is, is basically it's this, is that we have moved accountability and we've moved so far off the plate to allow so many things in our lives, in our kids' lives, in our marriages, in our workplace, and things of that nature. I mean, you can do that, but the thing is, the dimension of that plate never changes. The rules of that plate never changes. And so you always have to hold people accountable. So you need to look it up. And it, I, I wish I remember the coach. I know I have it saved in some of my files, but it, it's basically about home plate and 17 inches. This coach gives a, 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 a talk about that, and it's about accountability. It is incredible. I think every dad, every mom, and every kid should, uh, and everybody that's in sports should read that, take it to heart, and then we're watching sports keep that in perspective. Because, you know, it, 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 life is a lot bigger. There are a lot more issues. You should sit down, watch the game, enjoy the competitiveness, enjoy the camaraderie, sit there for about two or three hours, watch it, win or lose, you know, and move on. Yes, but sir. it should not consume your life and it shouldn't be your life. It should be just a moment to sit, enjoy family, escape for about three hours, and then you know, and that's all it should be. That's all it should be. Coach Scolinos. There it is. Coach Scolinos. He so, was wearing a home plate. Yeah. yeah. And he was actually retired at the time. Yes, he was. You know, he's, 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 in, he's since passed, but it is an incredible, incredible. 1948. Yeah. It's an incredible story. It's incredible. Do you want to hear a theory on sports mm -hmm. that I just recently heard? And, and Richard is, we used to be a lot bigger on conspiracies and we're going to. Go over there, oh man, that's a whole different show. I love the stuff like do that. Do you really? Ooh, we was. had a group for the longest time on that. Yeah, that was oh, before man. they all came yeah, true. You know, the I'm gonna throw you in there. Well, we I know a, you're all social media. Now that's a whole subject. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that yeah, that yeah. day I'm not mayor, but I would love to talk about a. There's a book called uh, uh, "Behold the Pale White Horse." Oh, I have that I, book. He has. Have that you read book? it? Yeah. yeah. Oh man, that's yeah. a crazy book. That talks about it talks about the shadow government. All that stuff. Well, the thing is, if we ever get a chance to do that. We need I've, to do a book club, I, and that's going to be the first I, book. Because I've actually had to, I tried to do a podcast, and let's do that. And so, um, yeah, we can have you back. And so the thing is, is that I, I tested that theory. There's some certain things. I was on the council when I read that book. 
And so there's something in that book that I actually went down to the office of, uh, of, uh, of HUD and verified it. And it was there. And I'm like, wow. That's uh, crazy. So they're it, actual government documents. Well, you know, it's, it's it, it not, it, yeah, it's actually government documents, but what happens in a declared emergency is what oh, yeah, I wanted yeah. to verify. Oh, yeah, and dude. so, and, and then there's another one, uh, you know, I love to hear, I love to read a lot of, uh, uh Bible stories, you know, and so you got oh, yeah. Lydia's and Judith, and and there's one about the one the wandering Jew, that is that oh, is a yeah, good yeah, yeah. I, like I remember that, that story. Yeah. poquito, but yeah, I know. Well, I, I downloaded all that, so I've got all the stories put it away, and uh, and so and that that's one that I really really like, and so that uh, yeah, I like I like reading that 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 stuff. Now that's not a conspiracy story. No, no, no yeah. that one, but, yeah, yeah. I like I got into the Book of Enoch. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah. And Abraham and yeah, yeah dude. It's crazy. Uh, all the pre all the pre flood world. Yeah. And the Nephilim. That's crazy. Yeah, the Nephilim. Yeah. I follow yeah. a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Coven, I'm I'm See? intrigued now. You got my interest now. I would be honored if you came on and oh, it'd time. be great. I love even I, if I it's love off it. the air and we just talked about yeah. you know that kind of oh, stuff. I, I love I love just going down that rabbit hole just that's for entertainment. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's it makes you start to wonder like how much of this. It's but a coincidence, you yeah. know what I mean? You know, there, we, I was doing a survey um, around Snyder okay. some years ago, and I had this young kid. And one of the things is that he felt that I was trying to challenge his faith. I said, no, I'm not challenging your faith. I'm not trying to, you know, uh, uh, knock you down. And so, but he literally, he literally believed that the earth was just 2,000 years. And I said, why, why, why? And so he, he he went into he had his, his argument. His, I said, okay, you know. And so one day we're we're surveying, and we're and we're uh, and and we're we're up in some hills. You know, here they'll call them mountains, but you know they're hills. So and we're doing a survey. As we're going up, I start noticing there's a lot of uh, of uh, shells. Well, because that whole well, you know you got to you got to realize well, this used to be an ancient ocean. And that's one of the things when we're on the uh, railroad commission, we're talking about the, the, the permanent period. And one of the theories is, and I, I asked, I actually had them go down that rabbit hole. So, but they're saying that there's someone that they're saying there's an ancient uh, plate below the Permian, the, uh, the Permian. And, and, and because of the Permian period, it was over 250 million years ago is why we, it's an ocean of, of, of oil out here. And so that there's another plate behind it that is also contributing to the seismic activity. I said, and so I said, well, that's the theory. He goes, no, no, no. We actually verified that that is true. I said, okay. And so why would you, and so we went through the whole thing. And so, so there was an ancient ocean that covered all of Texas. Well, the ocean still exists. It's just way down there on the coast now. Yeah. Yeah. And so I told him this is all used to be an ocean. And he, he just did not believe me. So we're there in Snyder and we're working. We're up in high elevation and we're doing a survey. And we're surveying the whole area. And so I started seeing all these seashells. And I mean, the whole place is littered. And, uh, and I said, look at this. And he was looking at it. He wouldn't say nothing. And then I found it. And one of the places where we were stopped, I looked over and I started going through. And I found a rock. And it had a, a fin imprint. Oh, nice little fossil. Yeah, it's fossil. And I grabbed it and I turned and I said, check that out. And nice. he looked at it. He goes, do you think somebody somebody trucked that in? <laughs> and I said, keep that. 
I said, because, you know, That's your I said, what, right there, he goes, what is that? And he goes, it looks like a fin of a fish. Yeah. Hmm, wonder how I got here. <laughs> you know, so if this wasn't an ocean. Yeah. Well, like all around. You know, like... So, and I mean, and thing is, he, he, but he, he, he was offended because when See, he started work, when he started working for me, he felt, he felt that I was attacking his, his faith. I said, no, not at all. I'm just I, I I'm not questioning whether you want to believe that the earth is two thousand years. That's fine. You know that, that, yeah. that it's it's okay. I'm not questioning you. I'm just you know, but I'm just I'm asking you to tell me that explain this. You know, so two thousand years this was a notion. It's because we operate on facts, not feelings. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of people and shit. I'll be the first to admit, maybe even my generation. They want to go based off of how they feel and yeah. not facts. Like they're so scared to be wrong, and it's I bet to tell people it's like it's okay to be wrong. Like that's that's, that's how, how you, you learn. learn new things. Yeah, I can tell you, man. My wife said I ain't never been right in forty years. <laughs> so <laughs> hey, who's wrong there? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, but you know, and the thing is, is I, I like this stuff for the reason is that I want to be I want to be challenged now. Absolutely. You know, but the thing is, is that don't go to the to 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 the extent where it just becomes. It, you, you 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 can't be logical about this. Yeah, you know, and so, uh, but yeah, I, I I enjoy it. I I actually do it for a lot of entertainment. Well, I there sit was, there on YouTube's man. I start going through. Uh, YouTube. I'm gonna start sending. I'm gonna start spamming you then. <laughs> no, but uh, the one going back to the sports, um, they talked about how it's a distraction meant to keep us complacent or or like the docile Roman or, or away circus. from. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. the Coliseum, how Just they would put them. on the oh yeah to keep the people Spreading entertained. Entertainment. Oh yeah. And the fact that these some people take it to heart but and see, are fighting. The my yeah. first Dallas Cowboy game was when they first opened up the stadium, the 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 stadium in Arlington, right? It's in Arlington. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. We were like in the nosebleed seats, dude, at the very top, and there was Raiders fan, and this guy <laughs> had all gear, and he was yelling, cussing. There's little kids around. I was 15 at the time. I'm like looking at him like, bro, it's a it's a game, bro. Yeah, people and make they got into their identity because he pushed the little kid, and the dad had to step in, and they got into a fight. And I'm like, that's insane. Amazing. Yeah, amazing. No, it, it 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 it's it's become an extreme. You know, there was that movie uh, Concussion where he says, oh, you, know, you can't you can't go after him. I said they they they've got their own day. You know they. They took over Sunday, <laughs> and so Dang. Uh, yeah, that's another a, good point. It, it's yeah. a perspective, and you know, and, and my son played football for ten years. He started in third grade, played all the way. To but but you season. said something earlier. It's a discipline thing, and I agree hundred yeah. percent. But that's the early years, and that's a way for the kids to get disciplined. But now it's, I think, entertainment. Once you go older, and, well, you know, oh yeah, the coaches the, just want to get accolades. We were, there, we were there in San Antonio at MacArthur High School. And there was a lot of coaches from we, Coach King out of Perman. He was a defensive coach mm-hmm. of Perman during under uh, uh, Gaines. He was there. Uh, this oh, coach this Gaines, one coach, yeah. this one coach Honeycutt. He was from uh, Monahan's, and uh, I re- I would drive in, you know, from um, Bastrop to come and watch my son uh, practice. He was a quarterback, and uh, and so I'm sitting there watching practice, and he comes over and he's looking and he looks at me and he says, "Holman's dead." I said, "Coach Honeycutt." He goes, "Yeah." I said, how you doing, coach? He goes, how my boy doing? Oh, man, he's a good yes or no, sir, man. You can tell that boy's been spanked a few times. <laughs> so, uh, but, yeah, you know, the thing is, is that my son loved it. He loved playing. Football. Yeah, he loved playing football. And I said, man, why don't you be another position? You're just not tall enough. I said, man, I just I, I just want to be in charge. I want the rock. Hey, man, he, 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 could, he could chunk that ball. Really? He could throw it. And, uh, and so, um, 
Yeah, he was a really good athlete, really good athlete, and fast, quick, and wind up playing a lot of those uh, Judsons and things of that nature. Damn, so, that's cool. And the Smithson Valley, and uh, but uh, I mean, those years that he was there, they they were they were good, and they had a real good four year run, and then then you know then they they weren't that good when he was there. Speaking on Coach Gaines, we actually threw in an event where we kind of uh, gave. Uh, just kind of a presentation of our life insurance and so because we do life and health and i do safety consulting on the side and uh, we actually invited booby miles out and he came down and oh, talked yeah. to the people oh nice it. yeah booby miles did i have a picture with them oh so, yeah. yeah i know i remember yeah. i'd like to have him on the podcast booby if you're listening <laughs> shout out to booby shout, shout out, out to booby miles <laughs> That was a good movie, by the way, Friday Night Lights. Yeah, it was okay. I went to the other What do you mean school. it was okay? I went oh, to the you went to OHS. Yeah. 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 Nah, it was a good Edgerner. movie. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, really? He goes, what's the name of the other school? Uh, other high school. <laughs> For real, basically. Real other basically. high school. <laughs> How did uh, OHS? Do you go to the games? Not anymore. No. No, I mean, the thing is, is that um, I, I was. And uh, when I moved back in 2008, I started going and uh, liked the kids. And then I went to, I bought season tickets. And so I was watching one game, and they were getting blown out. They, they, they the first mm-hmm. game they they did good, and then they played that second game, and they were getting blown out. I mean, literally blown out. And they scored one touchdown, and the kid got in the kid's face, and he, he oh, blew it up. And I'm like, what? look at the score, co- you know, the scoreboard, yeah, man. Like, Humble down a little bit. But the thing, yeah, exactly. Keep perspective, and so and and so I started, and I, I didn't see a lot of effort. I didn't see a lot of effort from these kids, but they looked good. They were more concerned about you know how, how they, they look good and how, and how they played. Not aggressive. And you know so, who that reminds me of the freaking Rangers. Yeah. I don't like baseball. <laughs> I went to my first baseball game. My sister in law invited yeah. us, and I was like, "All right, cool, we'll watch it." I don't really like baseball, dude. The Rangers were on their cell phones, outfielders, and then I'm serious, bro. They were down <laughs> bad. I can't believe they let them take. The they cell were down bad. And they were on their phones, and the other team was throwing balls to the fans, like when they didn't have nothing going on. I'm like, yeah, bro, are you warm. kidding me? Like, yeah. the other team is engaging your fans more than you. Yeah. Yeah. The only good thing about that game is we won the lottery. They play lottery. Uh-huh. Oh I, yeah, I, I won the lottery, that. dude. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that was cool. Side note: they they don't they don't win like they. They don't win baseball very very good at the Dexter Rangers, but they win fives. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Well, I'm gonna... Numbers, we're down to our last couple of minutes. Anything that you want to plug in, Richard? You got any questions for him? Oh man, I'm glad we had. I'm glad you came through. Well, good conversation. You know, well, you know, and, and I like having these conversations. The thing is, is that you know these podcasts is the only the last vestige of where you can be yourself, be yes, real, sir. talk because you know now media, you know everything that's regulated, censored. You can't talk. They think they take everything out of uh, perspective. They they don't yep. let you be you. Yeah. It's an agenda and, being yeah. pushed. Take a yeah. sound clip yeah. and go you along know? with it. And so and, and, and they'll warp a lot of stuff too. Dude. Yeah, for yeah. what's not. You know, one of the things is, and then I'll leave it with this: is that um, you know I grew up in an America that I know that my mom inspired to become when she came to this country. She didn't come to become a burden. You know, and so she always said, my parents always says, work for sweat equity. Work for what you have; you'll appreciate it more. Absolutely. Never live from uh, from uh, hand to mouth, handouts, and 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 from the government. Amen. And so be productive, and you know keep God the center. My my parents my parents always gave me this. My mom gave me this advice, and she said this a long time ago to me. She says, 
we and she said in Spanish, so I'm going to put it. I'm going to translate it in English. And what she said was, "We left you with a good name. Every time you walk out that threshold, honor it, because in the end, that's what you. When you die, that's all you have left." And so I I owe it to my parents that when the first time I ran for office, I got elected for the reason is that my parents uh, they have the name recognition, a good reputation. The second time, I I, I kind of want to credit that I had something to do with it. The this last go around to be running for mayor, I answered a call that God had put before me, and I want to be a humble servant. And the thing is, is I was reluctant, but now I have a full embraced it, and I and I and I and I'm doing it. And I'm doing it to honor God, and I hope that as we continue for the next three years that we go into a election in uh, November 2024, which I plan to run again, and I and I uh, and I know we're going to win. And because what we're doing is we're doing God's work, and I hope that everybody can see our walk in Christ as we serve the city. And so doing things like this is uh, uh, re, uh, reaffirms and confirms what God has planned for this community, and he wants his word out. And Amen. the thing is, I hope that if whatever we walk away when uh, somebody listens to this podcast, I hope they walk away that what we kept here and what we honor and what we kept central and the focus is that we, we we're doing it because we want to honor god amen absolutely thank you. i agree 100 i appreciate you guys i appreciate you having me on and uh, thank you for coming and sir. whenever you want to do it again please you just let, honor you let me know brother yes da. i'll make sure, sure well. i'll make it happen hopefully we get to speak a little conspiracy there there you go. we're going to come well prepared for that <laughs> and have our behold up everybody bring your podcast books. i got my notes <laughs> you no go. it's, it's up here man it's is up it? here yeah i have notes out you know, it's crazy when I first started this, I had an itinerary and everything. And then everyone's like, no, well, let's just go with the flow. And then when I don't have an itinerary, they're like, why don't you have anything? With it? You know what I mean? And then I put out paper and pens and like nobody uses it. And then when I don't put it out, anyways, yeah, <laughs> quick little rant. No, no but thank you so much, uh, Mayor Javier Hogan, for, for joining us. And it was, an, it was an honor. It was fun. And hopefully we can do this again. Oh, man, most definitely. I can't wait. And then uh, everybody have a great night and God bless. Thank you. Thank you, sir.